Hi, I'm Mike, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Morning, Matt. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Good. What's going on today? Uh, it's just another beautiful day. I'm breathing. I'm here. I have my coffee. Mike and Matt in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made you coffee this morning. You I like know. That? It was amazing. Yeah. It yeah. still is amazing. Yeah. Mine's probably not as good as yours, though. Yeah. So, uh, hey, I know that our listeners are always looking for ways to get a hold of us, so we've got a new way to contact us. We're going to plug that right now. Yeah. We got a Twitter feed now. Twitter. Little birdie. Mm-hmm. It's MM Real Things. So at MM Real Things. If you want to shoot us a tweet, we would love to talk to you that way as well and, and stand by for future developments. But for another day, just letting you know, we're wanting to hear from you. So what should we talk about today? Well, today, I guess it's kind of something that's always been on my heart, but I hear it when I meet with people um, and, and a desire for them to either be in something or teach something that is about your identity in Christ. Who are you in Christ? Right. And I think people can be confused on what that means. And I think some people might even think it's more complicated than it actually is. Right. That's the, you know, and I hear it more and more these days is the message that Jesus brought was very simple. It's not easy to do, but it's very simple. Okay. Right? And so, yes. you know, it's it's complicated because we make it that way. It's too easy. It can't be that easy. It can't be, it's got to have some kind of, you know, red tape to jump through and hoops to perform through and all of these things. And it's really, uh, let's break it down to the basics. Okay. Let's back up for a second. What is the message that you think that Christ brought? Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Soul, right. strength, mind, yes. love others as yourself. Correct. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Correct. I think that's simple enough. Pretty simple. Right. He says it sums up everything if you love others as yourself and if you love God. Right. That's all the prophets, the law and the prophets. It's the nutshell, Cliff Notes and version. The, and the way to salvation is through Christ. Right. Okay. So really that's simple. And then the transformation comes by doing the hard work in the growth. <laughs> right. So when someone says I don't know who I don't know who I am in Christ or what my Christian identity is or who I am in Christ, what do you say to that person? That one I think is a little more complicated because we're looking for simply just knowledge. And we discount the experience part of it. How do I know? Okay, let's put it this way. If I'm, let's say I'm a kid and my dad skipped town. Okay. Right? 
I know I have a dad. I know that he was a part of my creation, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm not really his because I've never experienced him. I don't know that he loves me. I don't know why he dipped out. I have no idea who he is or what's going on you because I've a, never experienced You him. don't have a relationship with him. Right. Correct. So I know I have a dad. I know certain things about him. I know all these things if I have, if I am in this situation. But yet it it leaves a hole because I haven't actually experienced that I have a dad. Okay. So therefore, when we look for the knowledge part of who I am in Christ, we leave out the experience part of it and say, I just, I know all these things. You know, you go to um, the verses where, well, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, You got Isaiah where I've called you by name. You are mine. I formed you in the womb before I knew, before you were born, I knew you. All these verses give us great knowledge. But where's the experience? Okay, so give me an example of that. What do you... Because all these... Because I have a bunch of verses here that tell people who they are in Christ. And they're good because you have to know the promises. But then I can also see someone like saying, yes, but how does that help me right now? Right. It's kind of like, you know, somebody says, well... Um, how do I, how do I quit this bad habit that I have? And you just say, stop it. Yeah. That doesn't work. It doesn't help me. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's great information. Uh, that doesn't help me. Cause like, for instance, this one from Philippians four, seven says, I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So, well, do I? <laughs> I, I suppose sometimes I do, but I wouldn't say that's a constant thing that I have. I have just this inner peace all the time. Right. I, I don't live that way. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I find it hard just to be at peace all the time. I know a lot of people like that. Right. I have, I a mean, struggle I have too. anxiety and, and stresses and worries and everything else. Yeah. Life. Yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. The experiential part of the thing that we do. And it's like, you know, when you read these verses, it's like, well, you should just be potentially in this, this state of of constant bliss all the time. Right. And so and if I'm not, saying, I'm doing something wrong. Right. Like, here's another one. I am complete in him who is head, who is the head over all rule and authority of every angelic and earthly power. Colossians 2.10. I am free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2. Now I can go for that one. I mean, I, I, you know, accepted Christ in my heart and I believe that my sins are forgiven and, and Jesus look and God looks at me as, as perfect, even though I don't look at myself that way. Right. Because I've been washed with his son's blood. Right. So, and that's awesome. But you don't look at yourself that way. No. And oh, let's go into that. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I, it's hard to look at myself as perfect and I don't necessarily know that that's a good way to look at yourself. It can be unhealthy, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm perfect, I'm perfect. I'm walking around no, the world. I'm I have perfect. No, I I'm can't perfect. do anything wrong. Yeah, I'm perfect. My stuff smells like a rose. Yeah. <laughs> I said stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, keep it clean, stuff. Yeah. So I I think it's, on some of these things I can say, yes, I know. I'm always, even when I was in my darkest spots, I could say I always knew I was a, a Christian, a believer, a member of God's family, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But... It doesn't keep me from being depressed or sad sometimes. It doesn't keep me, you know, from getting angry or 
you know, having right. these human frailties that everyone everyone has. And so why do you think that is? One, we're human. Right. We are human. And I don't, because if, and I feel like if I was perfect, then I wouldn't have those things. Right. You know, one of the biggest things I've realized in my life is that if I look at something and hypersensitize, hyperfocus on this thing, then it's what I either become or act out in. You have a look on your face. I'm processing what you said. So if I focus on, and here's, and this is, this has kind of been something I've been hitting this year specifically in the growth that I'm trying to go through is when I focus on my weaknesses, my failings, my shortcomings, and that's all I focus on. And I, and I see that is the big picture. That's what I become. And that's what I have become. Okay. But who are we supposed to focus on? What was the first thing we said that Jesus brought as his teaching? He said the most important commandment is to love you, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and all your soul. So what happens if I focus on him above all my problems, my weaknesses, my shortcomings, my failings? Well, those those problems should fade into the background if you keep Christ at the center. They might and- still be there. Right. They're still going to be there. Right. But I'm no longer paralyzed. I don't see myself as the victim. I don't fall into the trap of just letting things bury me under the weight of whatever it is that's happening. Yeah. And it's hard not to focus on our problems and, and worry. And they can stack up on you. And it's hard to focus on Christ sometimes. So... That brings us back to the identity, who I am. And so if I it said I am a child of God, I am heir, co-heirs with Christ. Okay. And Jesus is, all authority has been given to him on heaven and on earth and under the earth. All authority in creation is Christ. And we are co-heirs with Jesus. So now the first experiential thing you have to do is believe what you read. Okay. Right? Right, you do. So if that's the case and God created me in his image and sent his son to die for me so that I can have right standing with God, the father as a co-heir with my brother, Jesus in heaven and on earth. If I start to believe that, how do you think I start to act in life? Well, I imagine you'd act more at peace. Yeah. More at peace, maybe more confident, maybe more able to overcome the things that are what want to enslave me, my problems. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this because I've got it figured out. I'm, I'm processing with you here. Right. <laughs> and, I pre- and I appreciate that. But what happens when I start to think that way? When you start thinking and what these verses are saying, well, and when and the you fact keep- that you know that in Christ I am, what's it say, more than a conqueror. What does more than a conqueror mean? Well, more than a conqueror is someone who can't be defeated. I would say, yeah. It it, it changes the way that I do life. 
like that verse, I I belong to Christ. What can mere mortals do to me? Right. And and one of my favorites is there's nothing. This is Mike's paraphrase. Nothing in the world that can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. There's not hell, not heaven, not powers, not demons, not angels. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. That's a pretty solid statement. It is. Nothing. Not what I do, not what you do. I guess the challenge is, Mike, that it's hard to wear wear these verses on your sleeve and live them in the moment all the time when there's the physical world around us and these other factors that pull us different directions. Absolutely. So to live with all these verses on your heart, I guess takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of focus on that. Right. So, and I'm not, and I don't know that that's realistic to do, uh, all the time. No, we're human. We're going right. to fail. But yeah. how can you set yourself up? So let's let's look at another verse that our favorite writer, Paul, writes. Right? Yeah, we love Paul. We love Paul. He's He's got some really good stuff to say. <laughs> What's your? How do you quote Paul? <laughs> he, he, seems, he comes off his course in, in text. So, yeah, stern, I guess. This is, this is maybe his style, right? right? I guess. Um, but he, he writes this really amazing passage about um, training. And he's talking to the Greeks, I believe, and I can't remember exactly which letter it is that he writes, but he's talking about if I, um, when I'm, when I'm living for Christ, I do not train as like someone who's beating the air. I'm not just, uh, just throwing punches to try and get strong for no reason to fight flesh and blood. But I have to train and run the race as of one who can, who can finish it well. Now, what do they do when you're training that way? It means that it takes a lot of time, effort, intentionality. It takes um, guidance. It takes coaching, right? It does. And that's not done in the moment of the event. That's all pre-event yeah, in practice. Right. So how does that look as, as, a, as a follower of Christ? Jesus gives us amazing examples. I can't, he goes off to be alone with God, with the Father, countless times in the New Testament, in the four books that we have about his ministry. Just in those alone, every chapter is a moment of him going off to be alone. Right. He spends a lot of time alone with God. And yeah. that's important. That's important. And he knows who he is. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yes, he's the son of God, but he was also human. Had to learn things. If he was God and didn't need God, then why would he spend time with God? Right. Yeah, and he is the perfect example and the the perfect everything. So you want to be more Christ-like and you want to read your Bible and spend time with God, and that'll help you define who you are in Christ. But it's not a checklist thing. Well, it is, though. Mm, Kind of. I guess it, it can Okay. It I mean it is though and going over these verses on a daily basis uh, that there's a gazillion of I am I am God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works that he has prepared for me to do Ephesians 2:10. I am a new creation in Christ 2 Corinthians 5:17. 
I, in Christ, I am dead to sin. My relationship to it is broken and alive to God, living in a broken fellowship with him. Romans 6.11 The light of God's truth has shone in my heart and given me knowledge of salvation through Christ. 2 Corinthians 4.6 As I hear God's word, I do what it says, and I am blessed in my action. James 1.22 Yeah. So reading those and believing those and applying those... That takes that takes work, right? And where where is the beginning of that work? Well, it's it's up to the individual. They have to they have to be willing to spend the time with 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 God and read His Word and in meditation and right. But if I'm doing it just to mark a box, what's not being affected? My mind. I can't do anything I don't think about. So my identity stems from how I think. My identity stems in Christ about what I truly believe and what I've experienced and what I know through being and experiencing him. As a man thinketh, so is he. Right. I can't do anything without thinking about it, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. I can't walk without thinking. People that have traumatic brain injuries lose function. Not necessarily because, oh, well, I just can't figure out how to think anymore. You know, it's not that I think about breathing. I don't think about walking. I don't think about using my hand, waving it around right now as I'm talking. This is just happening. But it happens because I have wired thoughts in my mind that just make me function. It's the same way with knowing who I am. Because how often, and you, I know that you can relate to me on this one, do we more often than not beat ourselves up in our head 23 and a half hours for the day. Right. And there could be even an, in a small little voice. that's always there. Uh, basically tearing you down and bitching at you all day long. The judge, the judge, the inner judge. Yeah. There is no one that and can judge to, me. And it's hard to shut him off sometimes. Yep. There's no one that can judge me harsher than I judge myself. And right. I'm pretty sure most people can relate to that. Right. And in, uh, and in some cases in severe depression, you're carrying this huge stone on your back right. all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's unnecessary to do. And you, if you can free yourself of that or at least make the stone smaller, you'll be a lot better off. Yeah. And spending time with God and, and these verses and finding out who you are in Christ and believing that these things are true and that you are a child of God and you are perfect in God's sight. And he has a plan for you, and he wants you to prosper and not uh, in the not your life not to be a disaster. That's reassuring and refreshing to know. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the truth. You have to start to battle this negative, this negative rhetoric that goes on in your head, right? Right. So when I would like say someone comes up to you with these questions and they say, "Okay, Mike, who are you in Christ? Can you give me a one?" sentence answer or two sentence answer. Say that again. If Joe Blow comes up to you and says, okay, Mike, who are you in Christ? What do you say? I'm Michael. Okay. I am, I am chosen by him. I am a masterpiece. I have been created with a purpose. Uh huh. There's nobody like me. Right. That's for sure. And I'm loved. Yeah. In a nutshell, I suppose that would be what would come to mind. Um, and it's been a long time for me to get there, to even right. say it, even say it like that. 
because for the longest time, all I had was knowledge. I know who God is. I've read the Bible. I can quote verses, but I never let him be real to me. I never stopped that negative voice that said, you're not good enough. You aren't worthy. He can never love you. I didn't stop that voice. And I believed it over what God has told me. The application process was difficult. And you know, what's funny is that this isn't a Christian necessarily mindset of, of life. I look it up here on online in a mental health, um, stopping the negative, stopping the negative talk in your head. Right. This is, this is just a, um, mental health public site. Right. And there's other, yeah. Secular things like the power of positive thinking by Dale Carnegie and this like they, that's still a principle of as a man thinketh, so is he. And if you're thinking negative all the time and you have negative self-talk all the time, then that's mentally unhealthy. Right. And, and what, you need to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what does Jesus say? He says, for out of a man's heart, for out of the mouth is, comes from what is in your heart. Correct. Your heart, in the sense of when they're talking, is your thoughts, your emotions, your what drives you. Right. So as a man thinketh, so... Is he? Is yes. He. Right. Well, and... So if you look at yourself as a creation of God's and with a purpose and that he loves you and he wants good things for you, I think that's pretty awesome. And that's, that's uplifting and that makes you, that makes the burden last. Right. If you can start to experience it and believe it. This is one of my favorite verses out of Isaiah uh, 43.1. And this is just, just the whole passage of 43 is amazing. Okay, go. But the very beginning, uh, verse one is, but now says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And I like to read that and says, and, and say it a little bit differently to myself. But now says the Lord, he who created you, O Michael. He who forms you, Michael, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And it starts to change how I see God. He's not just this far off Old Testament or New Testament or, or in the sky kind of God. He is personal. He wants to talk to me. He wants to be with me. He wants to do life with me. And he okay. loves me. What about the devil's advocate? Let's play devil's advocate and say, you know what? Contextually, that was meant for Isaiah, not for every Joe Blow out there. Contextually, that was meant for for uh, Israel. Okay. Yeah. So it's like that applied to a certain people at a certain time, and that doesn't apply to to me, Mike. That just that you're you're taking something and you're applying it to yourself in a selfish way. Okay. What would you say to that? I would say, am I actually misinterpreting who God is? Am I actually misinterpreting the story that God has told me? Okay. I think you could say, you know what? When he's talking to Israel, Israel just isn't a country or a, per- or a people. It's, it's a nation of his believers. Right. There's- that is global and spans 
decades and, and generations and thousands of years. Because we've been grafted into the vine through Jesus. Yes. We are sons of Abraham. Yeah. And so when he's talking to Israel and he's talking to Abraham and he's, if he's talking, we're sons of Abraham. So he's talking to us. <laughs> he <laughs> so is. they can say to that person, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. Well, I could say it that way. That probably won't work very well. No, but, but it was like, you, you need to understand that we're sons of Abraham if you believe in God and you've accepted his son into your heart. But that's the difference between knowledge and experience. Right. And I, I know that there's, that verse there's, is, the, there's the cynical, nasty people out there that would say, well, I don't believe that because I necessarily, I don't really believe in God. Right. Or I don't want to, or and he's, I don't want I'm to. mad at him. Yeah. And I, my life has sucked and I have all these other reasons I don't believe in God. And, you know, my daughter was taken away or I lost, uh, lost a loved one and, right, you know, or, you know, I was, I was born with cerebral palsy or, and I don't, I am bitter about this. Yeah. Yeah, and why absolutely. did God make me this way? And that's a whole other yeah. topic. I mean, we can I can go down that rabbit trail and we could make this about two hours, but uh <laughs> No, I didn't mean to do that. But it so, uh it that's the difference of knowledge and experience. If I don't experience something, all I have is knowledge and it's just facts. It's just information. It's like I said at the beginning, if all I know is I have a dad, but I've never met him or experienced him, it's just a fact. There's yes. no relationship. There's no love. There's no memories. There's, there's no, no relationship. There's no yeah, nothing. There's no relationship. And it's important to have a relationship with your heavenly father. That's the experience part. And we don't take time to do that. And so my identity is still grounded in just facts that gets convoluted with the facts that I have in my life that gets convoluted with the facts that people try to push on me. And all of a sudden I have no idea who I am because I'm trying to be somebody that somebody else wants me to be or what the world okay, says. Let's is back, back up for a second. What do you mean by that? Give me an example of a convoluted fact that somebody else, when someone else tries to get you to be somebody they want you to be. You're not successful unless you have a lot of money and a position and a title. Okay. What is the first thing we ask somebody in America or in the world when you introduce them? Oh, what do you do? What do you do? Oh. I'm a janitor. Yeah. I, oh. I'm a janitor at Taco Bell. And then you know, over here on the right side, you have, I'm a brain surgeon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Let me, how did, yeah, let me talk to you. <laughs> right. Oh, you're, you're successful. And oh, you're, you've got a lot of money. You're interesting to talk to. Yeah. And, mm. Oh, but the guy that's a janitor may have more of an intimate, close, uh, relationship with the father and know who he is so solidly over the guy that's this successful quote unquote millionaire saving lives, all of these things. Right. Well, there was nothing wrong with that, of course. No, no, no. But I'm just saying what, what, what is the tendency in the world? Well, you're not successful unless you have a lot of money, you have a position and you have a title. You are what you drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just one example Failure means that you're not doing a good job. Right. Mm. It's like you suck at life if you don't have a lot of money and you're not successful. Right. That's not what Jesus teaches at all. It isn't. It's not about anything with fame and wealth and power. It's about your relationship with him and with God and how you're serving people. I don't remember in Bible in the Bible it ever mentioning Jesus having a nice house. I think he says he doesn't have one. 
Oh. Pretty so sure he has nowhere. He has nowhere to, to lay, lay his, his head. head. Exactly. He didn't have a home. Yeah. Or he, car or yeah. camel. Yeah. He or didn't camel. have anything. Had to borrow a donkey. Yeah. Right? It worked out. I mean, it worked out. <laughs> but he didn't even have a donkey. Right. He didn't have a retirement plan. No. No 401k. No title. No no home. No. Uh, everybody hated him. To pay taxes, he had to get. He had to have Peter catch this fish and <laughs> pull a pull a coin out of its mouth. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of money. So that's that's the ideas that can be pushed because more often than not, we're in the world a lot. I don't know anybody that's not in the world unless you're like a, a monastic who goes off into the middle of nowhere and spends all their time in meditation and prayer. Which, you know, I sometimes think would be amazing, but most of us don't get that experience. And so we have social media, we have our jobs, we have our parents, we have our friends, we have right. our relationships, we have our spouses, all having their expectations of who we are. Well, there's, you have people in your life that depend on you. And there's, that's fine. But if I let that be what drives me instead of the experience of what God has said and what he tells me in my quiet time, in my personal life. And believing what he's told me, I will never find my identity in Christ. I'll always find my identity in what the world says. Right. And is it wrong to have both? I think so. Okay. Let's so say so say someone has a nice car, a nice career, a brain surgeon or whatever, a, you know, a, a beach house in in Florida and a condo in Aspen and, you know, and a, and a regular practice in Indiana and they go to church and they worship God. I mean, is, is there anything wrong with that? That's different. That doesn't mean that that's their identity. That means they own stuff. Okay. They so can still know who they are in Christ. And it doesn't mean that you won't be blessed. It doesn't so, mean yes. that you can't have things. It doesn't mean that you're not successful. Right. But if that's what drives me, so in that example, in if that person had everything taken away from them and still knew who they were, they know their identity. But if all their stuff is taken away from them and all of a sudden they're clueless about life, they were finding their identity in their stuff, in their, stuff. In their status, in their position. Okay, so let's go back to Job. So if Job obviously seems like he knew who he was in Christ... And he got all of his stuff taken away. He was a very wealthy man. He got all of his stuff taken away. His whole family got taken away except for his wife. And he had all these diseases and boils and everything else come upon his skin. He was tortured. and But he never cursed God. He said, "I, you know, why should I only thank God for the good things and not the bad? Yeah. So... I think he was in tune with his his identity. I I would say more so than probably a lot of us. I don't uh, know that I can't think of anybody who would react as well as he did. It's a pretty yeah, harsh story in Job. It very um an extreme example but also an extreme amount of of grace and knowing who they are. Yeah. And the struggle and seeing it. I'm not saying that knowing your identity makes it easy and making it perfect and everything's a smooth ride. But when it gets rough, I'm not questioning life. I'm able to weather the storm. Yeah, and I agree. And it's, these verses are so helpful. And 
I think it doesn't hurt anybody to, to go ahead and Google, hey, knowing who I am in Christ and finding these verses and reading them over and making them part of your devotion if you have questions about this. Put it on put it on your bathroom mirror on a sticky note so that you read it every morning. Or um, Remind yourself, put it exactly. on your phone yes. and make it uh, a, something that you repeat to yourself daily, hourly. Whenever you have something that struggles or you question... Um, you know, a lot of the times we think that we're just alone and Isaiah 43, uh, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I love this one. I am the righteousness of God. I have right standing in him in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians 521. Right. I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. My body is the temple of the Holy spirit. I belong to him. First Corinthians 619. There's so many promises that God that God has given us through the scripture. Yeah, I, I am mean, re- I am redeemed, forgiven of all my sins and made clean through the blood of Christ. Ephesians 1:7. And and in Romans where is it Romans? Uh this is how God showed his love to us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While sure. I was still a sinner, Christ died for me before I'd earned it. Or figured it out. That's a deep love. Before you'd even done it. Before, yeah. And so he knew what you were going to do before you did it. We're not going there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he knew I was a sinner. Okay, sure. Sounds like it. He knew. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw this microphone at you. <laughs> Punch me in the face. <laughs> no, that's you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Awesome. But so. I think, I think slowing down and, and getting out of our head, stopping the negative talk, stopping the lies that Satan throws. that says, you're not worth it. You're not worthy. You're nothing. You're scum. You're just worthless. Those are the lies we have to stop because that keeps us from, Finding the identity that says, I am God's. I am his child. I am a co-heir with Christ. I am beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God. All of these things, this is who I am. Right. When God made man, he said, it is very good. Yeah. Not, I, I, I could have done better. Very good. And Jesus says in the New Testament, who is good? Only God is good. Right. And God calls his creation very good. So he knows what good is. He does. That's who I am. Yeah. That's who you are. That's amazing. And, and that should feel good. That is, that, and the importance of this, and people will well, see importance of this. This is how I live life. I live out of my negativity or I live out of my identity in Christ. Right. Which do you prefer? The poop sandwich or the beautiful thing? Or the prime rib. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know if that was a a very roundabout way to talk about it. I think there's still so much that can be discussed that if there was um, specific questions to answer that we could keep going down this road. We can keep talking about it because I'm still continuing to find out my identity in Christ. Yeah. And I am too. It's a lifetime. This is what we get to discover. It's a life journey. Exactly. And so it's not an arrival point. The journey begins with Jesus. It does. And so listener, if you're questioning, if you're having issues, if you're uh, just wanting to talk about it more, 
We would love to do that with you. Um, can't guarantee you that I'll have all the answers or Matt will have all the answers, but we will sure walk through that question and do our best to just point to Jesus. Yeah, I like this talk. This was good. Yeah. So if you want to get a hold of us, remember Twitter at MM Real Things. We, uh, we hope to hear from you. God bless you guys. God bless. Till next time. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.